Live Now is Fox Television Station's 24-7 digital streaming news channel. Run out of Fox's newsrooms in Phoenix and Orlando, it essentially DJs news content from across the group continuously with over 100 hours of live programming a week. In just a few years, Live Now has picked up a long and growing list of fast distribution partners, including Tubi, Samsung TV+, Roku Channel, Amazon News, Freevee, Vizio, Zumo, Fubo, and YouTube, not to mention Fox Nation. Fox is not hiding this channel from viewers, Lord knows. I'm Michael Depp, editor of TV Newscheck, and this is Talking TV. My guest today is Andrew Kraft, a senior digital journalist with Live Now out of Phoenix. Andrew's job is to anchor, produce, and direct many of those Live Now weekly hours. Coming up, we'll talk about how just one person can do all of these things simultaneously and effectively, especially when you factor in big events like the recent midterm elections, where Andrew led the channel's recent coverage. We'll be right back with that conversation. Talking TV is brought to you by Futuri, whose post for TV podcasting system is specifically designed for the needs of TV broadcasters. Post for TV makes going from newscast to podcast an effortless transition. It enables broadcasters to create, publish, analyze, and monetize both broadcast on demand and original podcast series from the same platform. Post for TV is a powerful system for capturing podcast opportunities in a turnkey fashion. It ingests and automatically edits newscast audio for optimum fidelity and publishes blocks or full newscasts to on-demand audio platforms. You can learn more about Post for TV at futurimedia.com slash post for TV. Welcome, Andrew Kraft, to Talking TV. Michael, thanks so much for having me. Andrew, for those who aren't familiar with it, tell us what viewers encounter when they watch this on streaming or the web. What does Live Now look like with news coming in from so many different directions? Yeah, so essentially, as the digital journalist in the hot seat, I operate kind of as the captain. So uh, really, the decision-making process is up to me about what the viewer gets to see. We have so many uh, live pictures, live feeds coming into us from all over the country, all over the world, uh, a lot on you know social media as well. Uh, and so we get to decide which stories we want to tell, what we think is top of mind, what we think is most important. Uh, and so I, I really love that autonomy uh, about live now. Obviously, if it's a huge story, like for example, yesterday, the Arizona governor's race was called uh, live now. Uh, one of its bases is in Phoenix. And so we were really on top of that story. Uh, and so we essentially brought live to the viewers the Maricopa County press update on, you know, ballot counting uh, and all of that. And so the beauty also of live now is you have so much time to fill that you can show the viewers these press conferences in their entirety, no matter if they're 30, 40 minutes. Uh, something I like to do is kind of have a if it's a big event. So, for example, like today uh, when we're recording Former President Trump is going to make this announcement at Mar-a-Lago about potential 2024 aspirations. So we'll bring a guest on ahead of that to kind of ramp up coverage and then get the guest's reaction uh, as a recap once it's over. So, uh, And we use Zoom as well uh, a lot for our guests, bringing guests in. 
Mm -hmm. Given that this is produced in such a minimalist fashion and the source material comes in from across the group of Fox stations, how do you give it a distinct brand identity? And how would you describe that identity to so that Live Now feels like its own autonomous news presence in some way? Yeah, so we have kind of a slogan here, live, raw, and unfiltered. And so for the viewer uh, watching at home, uh, you know, it does kind of look uh, essentially like we're not, you know, the broadcast networks, uh, we're not as flashy as some might think because we are doing it basically uh, alone. So there is a lot on us, uh, especially the technical aspect of it, you know, getting the audio correct, uh, you know, choosing the video. We type out all of the graphics that the viewers see uh, on the screen. Uh, and we also, you know, control the guests audio as well. Uh, so we have at our disposal so many uh, of the Fox O&O reporters, the Fox News Channel correspondents uh, that who are, you know, wherever they are on a big story, uh, we can ask them if they want to come on. And we've gotten a lot of feedback that, you know, unlike kind of a cable broadcast hit that has to be like a minute 30 or two minutes, uh, that reporter or correspondent uh, could come on live now and can essentially tell their story a little longer, for example. So five, six, seven minutes, uh, you know, and, you know, we are kind of constrained by commercial. We try to get four in, in an hour. Uh, but sometimes if it's really a major breaking story, uh, we let the correspondent and the host kind of just go back and forth on how how important the story is. So they'll do their their hit for local and then maybe you'll have them and interview them longer or there'll be a longer version. The piece will be versioned. What how does that play yeah. out? Yeah, for example, so say uh, we're speaking to a Fox 26 Houston reporter, uh, they're done with their hit for Houston, uh, and they kind of hop on RIFB maybe right after their hit is over. We roll their package, uh, but we also kind of get to do an extended Q&A uh, on the back end, diving a little deeper into the story, letting the reporter kind of show us their reporting a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you draw from sources beyond the Fox-owned stations, and if so, who else? Um, yeah, essentially, since uh, I've been here for, for two years, um, we rely mostly on the Fox O&O uh, and the Fox News Channel correspondence. But uh, a lot of times, if I have to fill a gap, if, say, you know, one of those reporters isn't available, uh, I look elsewhere. So a lot of print outlets, radio outlets, local journalism, just because, you know, those people know the story just as well, if not better uh, than some of our, you know, Fox reporters. And so we try to rely on that to fill those gaps if uh, if someone's not available. So a lot of times I DM reporters on Twitter, I DM experts on Twitter, cold email, you know, uh, basically source gathering. Uh, and we've here at Live Now established a lot of great relationships that way, subject matter experts, policy analysts. Uh, I'm essentially my own booking department at Live Now. So. And you're doing all this while you're on the air, right? In, in many cases? Yeah, I mean, before I go on the air, I, I kind of average, you know, four hours a day non-consecutively on the air. Um, mm -hmm. But that preparation time, I'm calling people who want to come on and, and talk about it. And, and I know I kind of keep harping on, you know, length is the beauty of it. And that's kind of the beauty of live now is if you're really into a story, if you're really passionate about a subject area, you know, we do have the time where, for example, since uh, the war in Ukraine broke out in February, we've almost had nightly uh, about 30 minutes uh, every night on updates to the war in Ukraine with uh, national security experts who we really you know, heavily relied on. So obviously Live Now did not have someone in Ukraine uh, throughout the duration of this war, uh, but I think our coverage uh, has just been as good. So 
Okay. So, I mean, basically you're the band and the roadie and the sound engineer and selling the merch and kind of producing the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's, it, is it essentially all you, or do you have anybody backing you up? Is anybody reinforcing you while you're on a shift? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the novel approach, Michael, to live now where that is what makes it so different. So yeah, I used to be in the field. I used to be a one man band, MMJ. So now I'm kind of one man banding a show, kind of what you were alluding to. Um, I mean, we do have producers. They are very helpful. They assist us when we're in the hot seat. They also book, they also uh, prepare for us, uh, you know, hand us scripts, help us formulate questions when we're, we're talking to the guests. Um, but a lot of the decision-making process uh, is for the DJ up in the chair. Uh, and so when breaking news happens, yes, they are very, very helpful. But like I said, we, I kind of have a rundown in my head. There's no you know, line producer. There's no like typed out rundown. It's kind of what I want to go to next. I have a general plan before I go up there about what the biggest stories are. Uh, and then I kind of execute it that way with, you know, events, live reporter hits uh, and, and expert hits too. So uh, it's very dynamic, but it is very unorthodox. Yeah, highly. I mean, so so you trained as an MMJ, so you've already got multiple skill sets for for story production that way. But this is a whole other set of skills. I mean, you've got, you know, your the control room essentially as well. I mean, there's there's a lot of, and then you have to be able to bifurcate your attention or trifurcate your attention to be watching all these other things. So I guess I, I'd love for you to paint a picture of while you're live on the desk, how pragmatically you are able to attend to all the things that you need to do at once in order to pull off this kind of newscast? Yeah, it's definitely a, um, a work in progress and it does take time to kind of hone that skill, uh, prioritize your time. You always have to be thinking about what is next. So say for example, you know, something ends, it's 12 minutes long, what am I going to next? Because there's really no you know, person saying, okay, we need to hit this right now next. It's, it's completely up to, to me up there. Uh, and so for example, with breaking news, uh, we are at live now. A lot of times, the first people on it because say we'll just we'll just put up a bump shot or we'll put up a, a tweet uh, and we'll just keep talking. We also have no teleprompter; it's completely ad lib, uh, which is something I had to really you know focus on and learn because I, I had never anchored before this. I was always in the field, uh, and so you know, no teleprompter. Uh, is is very very daunting. It's very very intimidating. You you have to kind of just surrender yourself to the camera. It's almost like you're you're on stage and you're speaking to that little black box. Um, so obviously, I, I refer to my notes a lot, but it's very um, you know freewheeling almost in the sense that you have to prepare so much for the stories, like ten to twelve stories a day. And if you know just a few bullet points on them, you can get by through that. But it is challenging. No doubt. I mean, a press conference has got to be a great relief to you because you can at least step away, pay attention. You know, th those go on for 15 minutes, half hour or so. Gives you a little time to to pull some other things together, right? Yeah, it does buy us uh, a lot of time. I can prepare for my next guest hits, my next expert hits. I can read up on something. Uh, I can, you know, use the bathroom or go uh, print something uh, that I need. Um, but yeah, when you're up there, you're in control. There, there's no, you know, person in your ear telling you what to do. It's, it's all, it's all on you. Right now, I don't, and you probably can't see it, but I have a board in front of me. It's called a TriCaster. There's a lot of buttons. There's a lot of lights, uh, and so the muscle memory of that, 
goes a long way, but it takes, you know, six to eight months to really master. And then you can kind of look at it without even uh, needing to like reference it down here. But I mean, I think of the viewer a lot of times if they're watching live now, um, you know, they'll see me, they'll see me look away, look down, not be looking at the camera because I have to focus on all of that. So. So, yeah, I wonder like their level of expectations for how polished it could conceivably be given that you have to do so many things at once. There's got to be a little bit less slick veneer on this than than your standard newscast. No, that's definitely true. And, and I, I'm very transparent with the viewer about that. Uh, I, I will say that, you know, um, you know, we're waiting to get a reporter. I have to check in with them and do a mic check with them. They've just called in. Uh, I'll put them on standby. I'll throw up maybe a shot of the U.S. Capitol for talking politics, uh, and then I'll bring them in. So are there, there are those moments where I think the viewer um, is a little bit forgiving. If you've explained to them uh, that you're going to get this set up, we're going to have this story next, um, mm -hmm. that they're going to wait for it. So I do a lot of previewing of what's to come this hour, who we'll be speaking with, uh, and top headlines like that. So they do give you a lot of latitude about, you know, given you're, they understand you're doing so much at once. I think when so. It does, when it does go sideways, what does that look like? How sideways does it go? Sure. Um, there are, you know, backup options that we have. Um, and we have experienced that where something technical happens and we have to just kind of think on the fly, correct it as quick as possible. Sometimes, you know, I'll go to commercial break just to give myself a breather, just to give myself uh, to come back from that. But yeah, it does happen. We have to think about that. Uh, and thankfully, everyone in the newsroom off the desk is also, you know, working to to rectify and, and correct that as well. So um, that's what we say live, raw and unfiltered. I mean, it happens, it happens frequently where, for example, you're on something aerially uh, and the Skyfox chopper flies away or, you know, something goes to color bars and you just get off it very quickly. Uh, say, if we get that shot back, uh, we'll, we'll bring you that story. We'll monitor that. So um, doing this for two years has really taught me kind of how to get out of those situations. But it does happen. You seem like a guy who's pretty unrankable, so you could probably roll with a lot. Now, I mentioned at the top that you were the main journalist on the desk for coverage of the recent midterms, and I'm told that Live Now carried 44 hours straight of live coverage of the midterms. How the hell was that even possible? Yes, yeah, so uh, we stayed up all night. Uh, we have an Orlando kind of East Coast outpost as well. They took it over in the very early morning hours. We did this similarly with Hurricane Ian as well. That was really the first time we tried 24 hours straight. Um, but yeah, it took a lot of planning. I mean, months of planning for the election, just having guests on every hour, reporter hits for our ONO stations and our Fox News channel correspondents who are at these candidate watch parties, these election night rallies. Um, so yeah, it took a lot of planning. Uh, and then, of course, there were so many candidates uh, that we relied a lot on concession speeches, victory speeches, uh, and then, you know, polling experts, political strategists. Um, so a lot of the booking uh, I did as well as, you know, for experts. And then we have, you know, a managing editor, executive producers, uh, who also helped with the booking. So um, I say it is, uh, you know, a one man show, essentially, but there is a lot of assistance and a lot of help. And some of that help now comes from Orlando. So this started in Phoenix. Phoenix was carrying the torch alone for this for quite some time. Now Orlando's come in, what, in the last year or so as sort of the 
a second desk here. So how does that work? I mean, do you sort of pass the baton across the country at a certain, like a shift change, or is it continuously going back and forth between Phoenix and Orlando? So right now, uh, there is just one kind of baton change, if you will, it happens, um, you know, in the early morning hours, uh, I guess, West Coast time. Um, so uh, yeah, we we just kind of transition once, say if there's, you know, breaking news or something, or they want to keep it a little later because they're in something, uh, it, it is flexible like that. There's talk of maybe, you know, transitioning back and forth periodically throughout the day. Right now, it's just, you know, one essentially cut off, uh, and then Phoenix takes over and we do the duration of the rest of the day. Um, and, and then that allows, you know, our Orlando digital journalists to, you know, call sources, do pre-recorded interviews. A lot of that time is spent, you know, creating our own content. Um, we have the opportunity to sometimes take uh, the ONO, you know, stations, their coverage for big breaking stories. I know, for example, like Daryl Brooks is being sentenced today. Uh, and so if Fox 6 Milwaukee, for example, was in live coverage of that, uh, we might take their coverage for just a little bit. Uh, and so they kind of um, you know, add to and, and circumvent some of our coverage that way. If, if we uh, maybe need a breather or we can kind of supplant our coverage that way. And there was talk, I think, a while back of maybe LA as a third desk here. Is that still in the in the cards? Um, I don't believe so, no. But yes, there was there was talk of that uh, a little bit uh, early on. Uh, but right now, Phoenix and Orlando, the two main hubs, uh, you know, focused in really, really strong O&O markets and stations. Uh, you know, we're based in... Fox 10 Phoenix's uh, studio headquarters uh, and Orlando's at Fox 35 Orlando. So, right, right. So, for you personally, and you know, you're a young guy with a lot of energy, and people who might be looking at you as an example of, you know, how sustainable is this kind of approach yeah. to to the work? I mean, MMJ is is a lot of roles at once, but this is this is sort of metastasized beyond that. How sustainable is it for you, and what are the upshots for you personally of working in this way? Yeah, for me, uh, you know, I really enjoyed being in the field, uh, and I didn't know something like this was available. So I wanted to try my hand at it. Uh, you know, people were like, "You should, you should try anchoring. You should see how you like it." And I've really, you know, fallen in love with the, the format. So you know, if I ever in my future career had to go to something a little more traditional, it would be kind of hard to fit back into that box of maybe like a traditional newscast because this is so you know innovative and novel and different obviously you wouldn't have as much time as you would in a traditional um, broadcast um, and I'm always talking about live now to you know potential candidates uh, to new hires uh, telling them yeah it, it is a lot of work uh, you have to really diligently work at it you have to you know surrender yourself to the news you can't kind of leave here at five o'clock and put your blinders on because you have to get in that hot seat the next day knowing what happened in the interim because you got to talk about it. Uh, so I thought, and I think that is uh, what's really the most challenging part is uh, doing your research, doing your preparation so you can you know, tell the viewer that you know the story, even though uh, you're doing everything else. So you always have to be soaking in the news water. You can never dry you off. You do. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. Um, so uh, because the viewer, I think the viewer can tell maybe if you were just thrown in on a story and you were just kind of getting caught up on it. I think uh, in addition to all the tech aspect of it, you would be able to tell a little bit. So. so you said you've been doing this for about two years. What have you learned and what are you still learning about how to do this kind of anchoring and producing well? 
I think when I came in, the the production aspect of it was was the biggest kind of baptism by fire. Um, you know, I, I think you know I am confident in my news judgment, but translating that into how I'm going to, you know, work my way through these hours and tell the viewer about what all these stories are. I think that took a lot of um, learning and, and trial by error about what to do and what not to do. Um, but yeah, there are still things that you know I want to work on personally when I get up there in the chair each and every day about um, you know keeping it moving, keeping the pace moving. About if I and that's kind of what I've gathered. You know, if I can tell maybe that um, the viewers aren't necessarily into something that I'm playing, you know, that's 40 minutes long. I'll get out of it and I'll say we'll we'll get back to that a little bit later if there are any more developments, and then I'll keep it moving with another top story and another top story. So I guess. Getting that viewer feedback has helped me a little bit uh, kind of do what I do up here in, in saying, all right, well, this may not be working as much as the last story we did. So um, the, the other thing that I haven't mentioned, um, which I really like about it is, uh, you know, we are limited commentary and limited opinion. And so I get a lot of feedback from viewers uh, essentially saying, oh, wow, Live Now Fox is just straight news. Uh, you know, it's not kind of uh, a lot of punditry or a lot of opinion. Obviously, we do bring people on talking about politics last Tuesday night a week ago uh, about the election, about you know, Republicans, Democrats, who's going to keep it, who's going to lose it. Um, but that's definitely not the focus. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from viewers that that's really what they like about it. Mm -hmm. So never any panels. No, we ha we rarely have panels. I think the first panel we did was last week. So, so one guest at a time, typically, or do you ever bring in a panoply of guests? Um, uh, so we tried it really for the first time last week on election night. We did bring in two guests on Zoom. Um, Weldon Watson, our technical director, made kind of a three-box graphic. And so we did try that. And it worked. It really worked. I kind of had to play referee a little bit. But uh, that is definitely something um, I would like to do in, in the future. But as far as you know, having six, seven people on panels uh, ad nauseum talking about whatever. Uh, no, that, that's not really our format. World has enough of that to begin yeah. with. Okay. Well, Andrew, I'm surprised you even had the time to spare for this conversation. So I thank you for it. No, thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. And so that's our time for today. We will be back soon with all kinds of new smart conversations about the business of broadcasting. Until then, you can watch past episodes of Talking TV at tvnewscheck.com and on our YouTube channel. See you next time. A new episode of Talking TV is available most Fridays on tvnewscheck.com. You can also listen and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify.